0: Thank you so much for being here today. It is uh, it's winter again. That's pretty weird. Um, it was like spring for a few days there, but back to reality. It's winter, um, but I'm so glad that you're here with us today. We are going through this series that we are calling Everything is Awesome. This is a message series. This is a sermon series, whatever you want to call it. That's what we do here at Hope. We take a topic and we talk about it for a few weeks until you're sick of hearing about it or I'm sick of talking about it, whichever comes first. And we're talking about how everything is awesome, almost, almost. There's so much good going on in this world. If you have the right kind of eyes to see it, you can find things that are happening all over the world, all over our community, all over the country that are good things. And so we have this, uh, this theme verse, I guess you would call it, for this series. And we looked at this the first week of the message series, and it says this. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so we live in this world, and there's so much craziness going on, and we look at the news, and we look at social media, and we can get bummed out. But if we look for it, we will discover, we will see that there are so many good and awesome things happening. All over the place. There really is a lot of good if we look for it. And so that's what this series is about, all about. It's a series that I needed right now. I need a little bit of a pep talk. I need to be reminded that, that God's still at work and that things are going on and things are great. And so maybe, hopefully, that you're, you're um, benefiting from this as well, this Everything is Awesome series. Uh, I was thinking uh, about something that happened to me way back in the day when I was at college, uh, when I was going to Delaware County Community College. Anybody at Delaware County? Woo! Yeah, All right. I loved, I loved my experience there. Sometimes people kind of poo-poo community college. I thought it was great. I had a great time there. Uh, my first semester, I, uh, you know, signed up for classes. I do not know what I was doing. I just signed up for what I needed to take. And um, one of the courses I was taking was taught by this professor. And I was telling people, oh, this is what I'm taking. They, oh, you've got that professor. Uh, you're going to want to drop that class. You don't want that professor. And so I had two or more people tell me, you don't want to be taking that class. I try to take that class. I try to take this. And you know, this guy is kind of a, you know, He's kind of a jerk, he's kind of, you don't, want to, you don't want to take this class, this professor's no good. And so I considered that, I thought about it, I said, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll see what it's like. And so I went to that first day of class, and there's this guy, he was, he was an older guy, he was like an ex-military guy, um, really tough. So he gives us this syllabus, and he gives us, you know, assignment that first day. First day, you're not supposed to get an assignment, that's not how it works. You're supposed to just go in, kind of like chill out, meet the person. Gives us his homework to do the first day, which was tough. You had to read this thing and write a thing. I was like, okay, this this seems difficult. And so the next class rolls around, and there are less students in the class because a lot of them took advantage of that, you know, that add drop period. There's that window of time where you can drop the class or take another class or swap it out. And so there were less students. And this guy comes in, the professor comes in, and he's still hard as nails and collect this, and he's like raising his voice and he's getting angry. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna tough this out. We'll see what happens. Well. Then at a certain point, right around when that add or drop window, like closed, when that window closed, things changed in the class. There were a lot less students, for one thing, that changed, and this guy got a little bit gentler, a little bit nicer, a little bit friendlier, and then ended up having a lot of fun in this class, and as time went on, I got to really like this professor. You know, I have some like, teachers or professors in school you kind of get close with, and so I really liked this guy once I got to know him. Once I got to know him and what he was about, and by the way, he never publicly admitted, hey, I tried to scare people and get them to drop out of the class. He never said that, but that's kind of what happened. And so we got to know him a little bit, and he was a good guy. And he really cared. He was passionate about the subjects that he taught. And, uh, you know, I liked him so much, I found out he taught two other courses. I took those two courses, too, and it was the same thing. He was kind of mean up front, and then people left, and then it was a lot of fun. But it was was a great experience getting to know this guy and realizing that he had a passion for what he was teaching. And if I had just dropped out, I never would have found that out about him. If I would have said, oh, this guy's tough, I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going I would have learned what a great guy he actually was and is. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information right now. There's a lot of, of uh, stuff going on about God in our community and around the world. Um, some people have very positive things to say about God. Some people not so much. Uh, but God has a reputation in our community. It is a mixed reputation. And there are a lot of people out there that are saying things about God that they really don't, they don't know what they're talking about, if I could put it that way. It doesn't sound polite. Um, but it's kind of like this professor where people had all these ideas about him. They thought they were sharing information about him, but they didn't know him. They really didn't know him. So they were telling all these, these things about him, uh, trying to speak to his character, speak to the kind of person he was without actually knowing the guy. A very similar thing is happening with God in our community and around the world. People have these ideas about God, but they haven't really got to know him yet. People have these theories or these notions about God. Some of them are positive, some of them are negative, but they haven't really got to know God yet. So how can you speak about these things if you don't actually know God? Now those of us in this room who are Christians, those of us who are followers of God, followers of Jesus, whatever you want to call us, we have this... Really, it's an obligation. I'll put it that way. We have this obligation, whereas we, get to, we have to really know God. We need to spend time working on that relationship, getting to know God for who He is, learning about Him, learning His ways. We have this obligation. You can call it a privilege to get to know God because we have to be out in the community accurately representing who God is and what He's about. You know, we don't want to perpetuate the misinformation that exists out there. And so we need to get to know God for who he really is. In fact, if I could just speak personally, that's one of my burdens, and not, not so much as a pastor, but just as a Christian. Like, I want people to get to know the God that I know. I feel like if you could get to, get, get to know the God that I know, you'd like this God. You'd be fascinated by this God. You see that the um, title of today's message is that God is awesome. How about that? talk about a boring message title sorry guys it's kind of a cheesy title but it's true god is awesome i was just reminded of that song the other day our god is an awesome god everybody know that from back in the day that was like contemporary christian music from the 90s 80s 90s i don't know i just remember hearing that song on the am radio as my mom was driving around just rolling my eyes our god is an awesome god but it's true maybe that song was a little cheesy you're allowed to like it but it's true god is awesome god is awesome That's exactly what you'd expect a preacher to say, right? God is awesome, but he is. And there's so many things about God that make him awesome. There really are a lot of things. And we could talk about about the creative power of God and how God created the universe and the the solar systems and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, when you think about everything that God made, you, look, you step back and say, wow, God, you're awesome. I mean, the complexity of everything, you think of the vastness and the scale of, of space and time and the planets and how they orbit. And, and didn't we just find some new planets? Did I read that right? We found s- seven new planets. Well, well not, not we. I, didn't, I wasn't part of that process. <laughs> But they just discovered more planets, more things that exist out there in creation. You think about the vastness and the complexity and that God put all these things together and God set all this emotion and God has ordained and was working through all these things. That's amazing. And then you think about the small and the microscopic level and the way that, you know, that, that, that life works and that beings work and the way that an atom works and there are those different parts inside of an atom, what are they called? Anybody know their science? But you got the protons, the neutrons, and the electrons. That's right, okay. It's like middle school science stuff. You got all these pieces of the atom, and you know what holds all the pieces of the atom together? Do you know what holds it all together? Nothing. We don't know. Scientists, somebody came up with a term once upon a time, atomic glue, they call it, which is a term to describe something that we can't measure. We, it's not tangible. You can't point it out. And so some of us, like, I believe God is what holds the atom together. God is what holds all of us together. And that's exciting. God is awesome, Right? So we could talk all about that and all the creation and all the wonder of God. And those of you who are Christians might get kind of fired up about that. Yeah, God is awesome. But for people who don't really believe in God, that doesn't mean much, (laughs) does it? They don't really get passionate about that. It's like, well, the world exists, and that's just how it is. And things just kind of came to be, and there was matter, and there was antimatter, and there was a Big Bang or something happened. I don't know, but we're just here. But for those of us who are Christians, we could kind of jazz about that. So we could spend our whole Sunday talking about all the things that God created or something else that makes God awesome. We could talk about the sovereignty of God. You know that term? We Christians throw that term around sovereignty of God. You could say the power of God or how God's got all, the, you know, all of everything in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's a song, right, that I'm not going to sing for you. But God's got it all in his hands. And those of you who have been uh, Christians for a while, you can probably look back over your, all, your life and you can see there are times where God intervened and, and you were in the midst of some really bad situation and it was tough to see through it at the time. But, but now you know that God was there with you during that time and he set certain things in motion. You know, we talk about seeing the fingerprints of God in our lives. Some of us Christians use that terminology. And so you've got your stories about God's sovereignty, and then you even consider, like, on a larger scale, beyond your personal life, all the things that God has put in motion at just the right time. I think about how Jesus came into this world, exactly the right point in human history, and that's something we can go into de- detail about another time. But how perfect the timing was there, and we can talk about how amazing God's sovereignty is, and how he's so awesome because of his sovereignty. But again, that's something else that I feel like we Christians, we get a little pumped up about that. But people who aren't we really sure about God might not find that as exciting as we do. But the thing I want to focus on today is not just God's creative power, not his sovereignty. The thing I want to focus on today, the thing that I think makes God super awesome, is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. The wis- and this is weird to say it this way but the wisdom of God truly impresses me. <laughs> the wisdom of God, His knowledge, His understanding of how everything works, the wisdom. Of God, I was on uh, I was on Facebook earlier this week, and uh, you know I've I've liked all these different Batman pages on Facebook because I'm I'm super cool like that. Um, but anyway, somebody posted this this uh, picture of Batman. It's called a meme, right? Or is it a meme? It's a meme. Yeah, yeah, it's a meme. <laughs> they posted this picture of Batman, and it said, "Everyone has opinions, except Batman." Batman has facts. So if you're a fan of that character, that means something to you, and that's fun, and that's exciting. Of course, that's not an actually a true statement because Batman is a fictional character for the most part. And so <laughs> the idea there, the idea there is neat, and there's truth. Everybody has opinions, but you can apply that to God. Everybody has opinions except for God. God has facts. He has this wisdom. He is the source of wisdom. If you're wise, the source of that wisdom is God. You know, when Jesus came into this world, by the way, Jesus is this perfect representation of God. He is God. I know that's a really you know, complex thing for us to understand, and I'm not pretending to fully understand it, but we have this thing that's the Trinity, it's the Father, it's the Son, it's the Holy Spirit, it's God in three parts. It's all the same God. But here comes Jesus into this world, and he begins to teach, teach the people about his Father. He begins to teach the people about life and about love and what they are to do. And you know what they say about Jesus? One of the first things they observe about Jesus is they say, wow. He's teaching us as one who has authority, not like our teachers of the law. They say that about Jesus. In other words, they're saying, wow, it's like this guy actually knows what he's talking about. (laughs) When he's talking about God, he's speaking truth. It's not like the teachers that we're used to and all they can give us is their best understanding, all they can give us is their best interpretation, but here comes Jesus actually telling us how things are because he knows. He's not guessing. He doesn't need to ponder, oh, what's life about? No, he created it all. He knows the wisdom of God is amazing. The scripture passage that Holly read for us speaks to the fact that God is so big, so vast, and yet he cares for us also. He cares for us. He, he wants what's best for us. and that's See, that's one of those things about God that I want other people to know, that he wants what's best for us. You know, one of these things that's out there about God is, you know, if you start believing in God or following God, that's just going to interfere with your happiness. It's going to interfere with your life. God just says, no, 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 thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. God's not like that. The only reason God says no is because he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. The only reason God gives us boundaries is because he loves us and cares for us. He doesn't have to. He's big. He's so big. You guys do whatever. No, but he does. He cares for us so much. It's that wisdom of God that I find to be awesome you know, like I said, the other teachers of the law, and this is true for modern day, you know, right now all around Delaware County and around the country and across the world, there are people gathered together for church services and they're listening to pastors and, and teachers talk about God. And I tell you what, we can only give you our best understanding, all right? I, I, know, I know what my heart is. I wanna give you truth. I wanna give you accurate information about God and that's why I study the Bible and that's why I went to a Bible college and a Bible seminar and that. I wanna give you truth, but I can only give you my best understanding. When you go right to Jesus, he gives you truth. He gives you that fact. Everybody has opinions. Jesus has fact. He has this insight, has this understanding. And there's so many ideas out there in this world about what we should do with our lives, how we should spend our time, how we should spend our money, what we should prioritize in life, what we should pursue. I mean, even the American dream has come under scrutiny recently. This whole thing of, well, you go to college, and you, or you go to school, you do well in school, so you go to a good college. You do well in college, so you get a good job, you make a lot of money, marry somebody attractive, have some kids, save up, retire, play golf, die. American dream. You know, that's come under scrutiny lately. People are starting to say, well, is that all there is? And I think that's a good thing that's coming under scrutiny because there is more to life than that. Like I said, there are all these ideas about what we should be pursuing, what matters in life, what's important, where our priorities should be. And all of us, we kind of look around at each other and say, Well, here's what I think. Well, here's what I think. Well, here's what I think. And then Jesus comes in and says, No, 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 I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you what it should be. I'm going to give you the ideal. That's what Jesus does for us. He gives us wisdom, He gives us truth, He gives us how things should be. He presents to us this ideal is if you want to prosper in this life and if you want to receive eternal life here's how you must live and here's what you must believe. Now just so I don't confuse anybody as far as like how we should live yes Jesus does give us all this information about how we should live what we should prioritize what we should do how we should treat other people how we should relate to God but none of that directly correlates with our salvation just to make that clear. We are saved not by what we do but what Jesus has done for us. Okay? That's an important point I need to make clear. Jesus died on the cross for our sins because he knows that we are incapable of living up to his standard. and That's a complex thing. It's a mysterious thing. But Jesus did this thing for us where he suffered in our place, died in our place, and gave us the ability to receive eternal life. Whoever puts their trust in Jesus and not in themselves receives eternal life. I need to make that point crystal clear. But Jesus is concerned about us, not just our eternal spirit, not just where we go when we die, but right here in the here and now. That's why he's given us rules to live by, boundaries to live within, in the here and now. And now, that's the awesomeness of God. And as I was saying earlier, you know, there are all these, these ideas about God out there. We have this responsibility. We need to have more than ideas about God. We need to have fact. We need to have more than opinions about God. Well, I think that God would, I think, no. We need to have more than just our opinions about God. We need to have fact. That is one of the reasons why we are doing this thing that we're calling the Mark Challenge. Have you seen this in your bulletin? Back here, your bulletin, The Mark Challenge. This is an important thing. The Mark Challenge. Wait a minute. Who put that up there? That's not, that's not what we're doing. We're not doing the Marky Mark Challenge. That's a different thing entirely. Um, was that a mistake? Should I not put We're doing the Mark Challenge. I thought they'd get a bigger laugh. We're doing the Mark Challenge. Not the Marky Mark Challenge. The Mark Challenge, okay? So one of the reasons why we're doing this is to get to know God better. The book of Mark is what we call a gospel. It's a biography of the life of Jesus. We learn about, now now Mark's kind of an overview. It's the shortest of all of the biographies. It's the shortest of the gospels. But you get this overview of who Jesus was and is and what was and is important to him and what he taught the people and how he instructed them to live. And so we're doing this Mark challenge to give you an opportunity, to give us all collectively an opportunity to journey through this biography together to greater understand who Jesus is, what he's about, what's important to him. And then we take this information, we take these facts, and when we're out there in the world or people are are saying their opinions about God, we don't give opinion, we just give truth. That's important. We need to be truth bearers. You know, our community, they need more than just opinions about God. They need truth about God. And so right now I'm going to ask Owen and Karen if you would do this. You've got these little cards going around The Mark challenge cards. And I'm challenging you to take this challenge. On this card, you can write your name, your email address. And it says this. You have two boxes you can check. Check one of these boxes. You can accept the challenge. It says, I will accept the challenge. In an effort to better understand Jesus, I will read the book of Mark, one chapter a day for 16 days. Or you can check the other box that says, I do not accept the challenge. I already know everything there is to know about Jesus. So you choose... You choose which of those boxes. Listen, we're having a little bit of fun. You don't have to check that. If you don't want to do it, it's fine. But if you want to participate in this, what we're going to do is we're going to journey through this gospel, this biography, this history of Jesus together as a church. And you may be thinking, I've already read Mark. I've already read the New Testament. I'm encouraging you, let's do this together as a church. Let's take this trip. Let's be on this journey together as a church going through the life of Jesus, getting this overview of who he was, who he is, and what's important to him so that we can better understand this awesome God. This awesome God. In the book of uh, Colossians, Paul writes about the fact that, that Jesus fully represents who God is. The best way that we can understand God is by understanding Jesus, in other words. Now I think about what, what it says in the book of John as the disciples are gathered for the Last Supper and I think it's Philip that says to, says to Jesus, well, can you just show us the Father already? Show, show us God, show us the Father. And Jesus says back, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Let's get to know Jesus. Let's get to know God. Like I said, we, it's a privilege, it's a burden. I don't know what you want to call it. We have this responsibility to know things. Okay? We can have our fun little opinions about God, and we can have our little religious opinions about God, or even call them Christian opinions about God, but we need to know God for who He really is. The best way to discover Him is through Jesus. We're going to read these scriptures together, and then and then we'll be able to take this real God, the God of Scripture, the God of Bible, take Him into our workplace, into our home, into our community, and share Him with the people in our lives. Now, if you've never read the gospel, if you've never read the book of Mark, if you've never read any of these you know, biographies of Jesus, you may read some things that, that surprise you, that shock you. You say, oh I didn't know Jesus did that. I didn't know Jesus was like that. You might find those things that shock you. That's okay. That's okay. But when you find yourself in that situation, if that happens, you're like, Well, I didn't think Jesus was like that. You need to realize that maybe your opinion needs to be adjusted. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time that I read Matthew, the the first of the Gospels, I was like, oh, I didn't know Jesus was like that. (laughs) I didn't know Jesus was that harsh to this group of people or this loving to that group of people. There are a lot of things that when you actually read, you'll discover some new things for yourself. And so one of the things that we need to do if you're going to participate in this Mark challenge is you need to be willing to let go of some of those opinions. Say, maybe I'm wrong about you, God. Maybe I'm wrong about you, Jesus. And so I think the best way for us to enter into this is with the spirit of humility. God, show me you and this is the important thing and one of the big mistakes that those of us who try to read our Bibles make we make this mistake if we make it about us God give me information for my life show me how to live okay there's a place for that sure but as we go through this journey together the point is let me know you God make it about God first not about you okay you will come later make it about God first God I want to get to know you we God we want to get to know you We want to bring you to the people. See, those those people in your life who don't believe in God or don't want to be connected to Jesus or don't want to be connected to the church. Maybe they're okay with you doing it, but they don't want it for themselves. If they just knew who God really was and how great his love is, they'd feel differently. Let's show those people the real God. Let's show them his love. Let's show them how awesome God is. Let's pray on that. Father God, we do... We do desire to know you better. Father, I would ask that you would just increase that desire. Set us on fire for you. Allow us to long for you, God. Father, be with us as we enter into this challenge and, and prepare us to enter into this challenge. And Jesus, help us to understand who you really are, what you really care about. And Father God, help us to get a better understanding of your boundaries, how you want us to live, and why you have set these boundaries for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.